0: Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help.
1: Show! You have all made it through the damn hand. You have all made it, made it, made it. Coming to
0: you from the X Access. It's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 110. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. On this week's show, we go back to school. That's right. Do you need some tutoring? Do you need some coaching? Because this guy will hook it up and hook it up in a way that I don't think the tutoring world has seen thus far. I think his idea is good. I think it's unique. What am I talking about? This week's guest is Jake Gamsky, and Jake is the founder of Universal Achievement which is a holistic tutoring and coaching business. Now, what does that mean? You hear holistic, you think holistic medicine, you think maybe alternative forms of medicine. That's kind of what this is. So, in addition to academic achievement, if you need help with your math homework, your history homework, your, you know, college entrance essay, whatever it is that you need tutoring for, Jake and his crew can do that. He's got 20 to 30 tutors that he could call on right now to help you or your student. But it goes beyond The scholastic aspect of this. This goes on beyond basic schoolwork. The holistic part is he incorporates nutrition, exercise, and positive psychology. That's the holistic part. A lot of times when you're learning something, it goes beyond not being able to grasp a concept. You know, it may be a more systemic issue, and that's what Jake gets at. So he takes us through what a holistic coaching session is actually like. You start with a workout, you go through, you know, sort of what you need to work on in whatever subject, whether it's math or English or whatever, and then you talk through nutrition and you talk through some positive thinking exercises, some visualization that help you get in the right mindset to achieve your utmost potential. And it's just fantastic. I was struck by what a great and genuine guy Jake is. And this episode is terrific. Not only is it terrific because of the coaching and the tutoring aspect, but it goes beyond that. Because Jake is also an aerospace engineer. That's right, aerospace engineer. And I asked him, you know, I'm like, oh, does that make you like a rocket scientist? And he said, well, not exactly. A rocket scientist does this. And, you know, it's slightly different. And they go on missions. And I'm like, okay, I love it because you are such a nerd about it. That you want to draw the distinction. You don't want to call yourself a rocket scientist because that's imprecise. But to maybe, what, 99% of the population, you're a freaking rocket scientist, dude. Own it. I mean, that's meant as a compliment. But no, he's an aerospace engineer. So we talk about the space industry and the work that he does, you know, in terms of manned missions and, you know, life support systems and the engineering that he does in this very cool world. So just a jam-packed episode. You're going to love it couple of plugs before we get started. Would love for you to go on iTunes or Stitcher and listen to us there. You can download each episode, you can get a subscription, and it comes to you. You don't have to do any work. That is incredibly helpful in terms of enjoying the John of All Trades podcast. So just go to iTunes or Stitcher, type in John of All Trades. You should be able to find it pretty easily. And while you're there, I would love it if you gave us a rating and maybe wrote us a review because that helps our rankings in iTunes. I don't know why, it does so I ask you to do it. Secondly, a little programming note. I'm off next week. No episode next week. Got some other things going on. But we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh set of episodes. I think we're going to do two more episodes. And then it's time for the Denver Film Festival. It's maybe two, maybe three. I don't know exactly the schedule yet. But... As I indicated last week, I was invited back to participate in the Denver Film Festival as one of their official podcasts. That is super exciting because the content last year was great. If you go on the John of All Trades website, jon of all us, there's a tab there that says podcast episodes, and you'll find all six from the Denver Film Festival that I did last year. Five with filmmakers and one with my media contact, who also does some artistic endeavors himself. Neil Trulio, just a great guy. I'm excited to work with him again. So, that is coming up in November. Should be a great, great lineup of content coming then. And let's see here. What else can I tell you? Nothing else at the moment. Let's get to this week's episode. It is number 110 with Jake Gamsky, the founder of Universal Achievement, also an aerospace engineer, not a rocket scientist. And his episode begins right now
1: mondays are pretty slow usually not a lot of meetings are scheduled so
0: that's nice yeah Uh, a lot of companies uh, i know this i have a friend who works for this oil and gas company in houston and a lot of times they would schedule monday morning meetings down in houston Mm -hmm. and so you'd have to fly out sunday night Oh, wow. And and so, in addition to the the early Monday meeting, you they'd make you take a travel day on Sunday. Oh wow! Which you know is just super fun yeah. corporate policy, right?
1: Kind of puts a damper on the Sunday night football <laughs> game. Yeah.
0: A little bit, <laughs> maybe you get it on the plane though. Yeah, you true. know. So I you know I suppose things could be worse. When you were working this morning, was it for your systems engineer job or was it for your Universal Achievement?
1: Yeah, it was for my normal day company job as an aerospace engineer. Yeah.
0: Okay, and. As an aerospace engineer, is that like forty hours a week?
1: Forty to fifty, yeah. Okay, typically. Mm-hmm.
0: and you still do this tutoring and coaching business on the side?
1: Yep. Right now, <laughs> um, we work a nine eighty schedule, so I get every other Friday off as well. So that, right. that helps a lot. Sometimes you get a three day weekend to work on stuff. Um, my wife works nights right now, and so yeah. But how funny! Yeah, <laughs> you
0: get a three day work or three day weekend to work on stuff. Like, you know, people are like, I have a three-day weekend to party, or I have a yeah. three-day weekend for downtime. You're like, I got a three-day
1: weekend <laughs> so that I can work on stuff. What, what am I going to do this weekend? Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so. But you said your, your wife's working nights?
1: Yeah, she, she works. She's a counselor right now, grief counselor, and works nights. And so it's good time for me to catch up on, you know, various other outside of work things. Yeah. Um, so I kind of use that time as well.
0: This has come up on this show a number of times, but everyone who's like 35 or maybe even 40 and younger, has the job that they make money at and is also working some sort of side hustle.
1: Sidepreneur. That's right. I
0: I haven't heard it put that way. (laughs) I've heard it put uh, side hustle, but sidepreneur. Yeah.
1: That's not bad. Yeah. Is that yours? No, no. uh, I got it from this podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. I don't know if you've heard of that or not, but uh, daily interviews of Entrepreneurs, um, wow, and so I think he uses that. Yeah, no, that's not bad.
0: Um, and I count myself in that Mm -hmm. because even when I was working at the PR firm, and you know, I was doing a job that I really liked and I really enjoyed, I was still writing for this website that I founded called Crew Jones Society, Mm -hmm. and it was just like this comedy blog. But I was working on it constantly, and I basically sacrificed a lot of my twenties trying to make it happen. Didn't go anywhere, but you know, I learned a lot from it. Right? It's kind of weird how. Because, I, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 29. 29, right? Just yesterday
1: was my birthday. That's right. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
0: it's been quite the stretch for you here, Jake. Yeah. Uh, married last month, birthday mm-hmm. yesterday, yep. podcast today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, was it a good birthday? It was pretty good. Yeah. We, uh, we actually drove down to New Mexico to my, Wife's father just started as a pastor at a church down there, so we no went kidding. to see his first Sunday there, and then wow. drove back up yesterday. So,
0: did you guys catch any of the balloon fiesta?
1: Yeah, we saw some of that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that's going on there too. Yeah, but it was that weekend, same weekend. It was pretty cool. I never, I didn't even know that existed. Really.
0: Wow. <laughs> so. so I'm, I'm right on. I turned thirty five a couple of months ago. And so I'm right on the cusp of millennials, Mm -hmm. but I think you're pretty solidly there. Yeah. And what kills me is the older generations like to call millennials lazy and entitled, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know any other generation that works as many jobs or tries as many things as this generation does.
1: Right. Would you agree with that? Definitely. You know, I think our generation was told pretty much all grown up, you can do anything you want. You can do (laughs) anything you want. You can be anything you want. So you, you go to school and you like get into your career, but you're like, well, I feel like I could still do some other things and you want <laughs> right. to try it on the side or you're, you want to see an opportunity to help people and you want to try to do something there. And so I think it is, like you said, it's a different kind of mindset.
0: Yeah, it's weird too. And I mean, there's just less things that people can get paid for these days than I think there was uh, when our parents were growing up. You know, I mean, you you think about there were a lot more journalism jobs mm. or, you know, a lot more like factory jobs. And whether it's automation or just the evolving workforce, there's fewer and fewer things that people can get paid for. Right. So we're all searching for, you know, different alternative ways of making a living and following our passions. And I mean, look at you. So, OK, I, I haven't even done the intro. We're sitting here with Jake Gamsky in my basement. I'd like to give a shout out to Kelly Bieber, first of all, for yep. getting us hooked up. <laughs> And one of the things I've been saying on my show recently is like, pitch me ideas. Like, who do you know who's out there doing interesting work? And she hooked us up. She goes, Hey, my friend Jake, he, uh, he's an aerospace engineer, but he also started this tutoring and coaching company. I'm like, that sounds awesome. I know very little about both those things, which, uh, which is really exciting. And just to come back, you are an aerospace engineer. You got your degree from...
1: So my undergrad degree is in physics from the University of Kentucky. Okay. Um, and then I came out here for grad school at CU Boulder for aerospace engineering. Did I read you got you went on
0: a baseball scholarship too?
1: Yeah, to a smaller school before Kentucky. I okay. went to uh, played baseball at a smaller school before that. Yeah. Okay. Did you play
0: did you play at Kentucky? No. It was okay. it
1: was a school called Georgetown College. Okay. Yeah.
0: But I was just wondering because I had a friend who went to like a JC and then went to Kentucky, mm. and he played there. Yeah, a guy named Sean Coughlin, who okay. was a uh he was a catcher, and I think he he may have had like most home runs for a catcher in school oh, history wow. or something. He was a great hitting catcher. Got injured, made it to triple A in the Diamondback system, and wow, yeah, couldn't break through that final level. Which, That's awesome.
1: Yeah, well, it was a bummer though. You know, yeah. like I went to one major league tryout for the the Lexington, Kentucky team. Is the tr- a single a team for the houston astros and me and my friends were just like yeah let's go try out for the astros today and we just <laughs> went went out there one weekend and i think that was the end of my baseball career <laughs> what was that like but it was kind of weird like there was people there that were like in jeans and like people that weren't really taking it seriously like that I movie know? the rookie when dennis quaid shows yeah, up yeah it kind of it like that and i we did they kind of divide you into different sessions based on your position and after my fielding session, I'd always been really good at defense. <clears throat> One of the coaches came and talked to me, and we talked for a little bit, and then I went and hit, and he didn't talk to me after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much with the bat, Not huh? so much with the bat, yeah. Uh, what position were you? A shortstop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of range? Yeah, I loved playing defense. Uh, you know, yeah. Deep in the hole play was my favorite thing to do. So, oh, wow. You know. Did you
0: have a cannon, too, for an arm? It was decent, yeah. Not yeah. bad? Not bad, yeah. Uh my friend Sean who played uh catcher at University of Kentucky, he mm-hmm. said he was a great hitter and like pretty good pitch framer, but uh he's like, Yeah, and then uh you know, I try and cut down a runner and I may as well just put the ball on the ground and kick it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, My arm is not good. Really? But uh whatever, man, it's hard to have all the tools, right?
1: Yeah, he's gonna say it's gonna be hard to be a five tool player. Yeah. You
0: know? No joke. So okay, you got your undergraduate degree in physics mm-hmm. from University of Kentucky, and then it was on to grad school.
1: Yep, came out here to to Boulder in about 2011, two year aerospace engineering program there, and worked at some aerospace companies up in Colorado as well, and kind of just I love it here. Met my wife. So, nice. Yep. Where
0: Where are you from originally?
1: Uh, pretty much Kentucky. I was I was born in Oklahoma, but I moved to Kentucky in like third grade. So okay, yeah,
0: okay, yep. And so it's funny because I, I'm always interested in why people come to Colorado. Did you know you wanted to go into the
1: aerospace industry, like when you were going through and getting your physics degree? I knew I wanted to do something with space in in the space industry. I, the first school I went to didn't have engineering. So that's why I did physics. It was right. a smaller school. But then, yeah, I wanted, I figured I was going to do aerospace and then I applied to like... I was really ambitious. I applied to like MIT and Stanford Mm -hmm. and places like that. And Colorado was the only place I got in. So, (laughs) you know, it worked out well, I think.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, the industry is right in CU's backyard. Right. Which is great, right? It's the
1: second highest aerospace employer or something like that in the country. So Nice. Mm -hmm. What
0: was it about space? Were you like one of those kids who was like into space camp and that kind of thing?
1: No, I really didn't get into, like, I'd always remember growing up and like, Laying out in the yard, like, looking up at the stars, like, kind of wondering, you know, what's out there, What, you know, kind of that whole mystery of life kind of thing. Right. And I was always good in school, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until, like, my – I think it was, like, the summer after my sophomore year of college, I watched this, like, six-part NASA documentary series about the Apollo missions. Yeah. And like, learned about that whole – all those programs and how we did that. And I was like, that's what I want. I want to work in the human spaceflight industry kind of thing. And wow. so I kind of – Launched everything that I did after that. Wow! Do you have a
0: favorite outside of a documentary? Do you have a favorite space movie, like a, a space movie that really gets it right?
1: I really liked The Martian, this most recent one, Matt Damon. Okay.
0: See, um, I have two kids under two, so I don't really see new movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> what was it about The Martian that
1: was? So it, it first was a book, and it was just kind of this this guy. I think he worked at the Jet Propulsion Lab in California, but he was an engineer. And he wrote this book over the course of a few years and just, like, had it on his blog. And he developed this, like, cult following. you need to get this published. And so it got published. um, And then it turned into a big movie with Matt Damon. But it's about the first people that go and explore Mars. One guy gets left there, and he has to figure out how to survive for, like, 500 days before... And, like, farm and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's really... All the technology and a lot of the stuff he does is really realistic. And cause he worked out all the math and all the details himself. So it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. I'll bet that
0: appeals to you. Like I, I like when people get the, the small details of my job correct mm-hmm. because I've worked in oil and gas for a, a very long time now. And it's funny. I read a review of the movie Deepwater Horizon about the, you know, the, the BP. Mm-hmm rig disaster and uh in the review someone made a point that the people in the movie don't call it cement they call it cement (laughs) and i go god that's perfect (laughs) like everyone in the oil and gas industry calls it cement and i'm like that makes us just sound like such hicks yeah you know but that's that's the way that they say it it's cement but you're a cementer which I don't get. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it's always cool when a movie does get it right like mm-hmm.
1: that. Yeah, and pretty much every space movie, like my family or friends, be like, how realistic was that movie? Because <laughs> they have no idea. Right. And so, yeah, it's good to kind of have the details yeah it was really good I, it,
0: it gives you like a deeper level of enjoyment which yeah, is really fun it, it definitely it's like uh neil degrasse tyson just blowing gravity out of the water yeah he, like <laughs> live tweeting how dumb that movie was right <laughs> exactly did you ever did you see him do that
1: <clears throat> i don't know if he i remember him doing that i remember him he was in that feud with some rapper to, <laughs> oh yeah about the flat earth yeah that one. Oh yeah.
0: god yeah <clears throat> Poor Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> he's trying to save us all. Yeah, he's trying to save <laughs> save the world from
1: non-science. People. So,
0: in your job as as an aerospace engineer, what types of things are you working on? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, so when I was in grad school, I would did work on life support systems for space vehicles basically. So okay. when we're in space, you got to bring everything with you. You got to recycle everything that you have there. And so like you breathe out carbon dioxide and that needs to go somewhere. Or you're going to suffocate from too much <laughs> carbon dioxide. And so there's systems uh, to recycle that and turn that back into oxygen. Same with wa- uh, recycling water and, and different things like that. So worked a lot of one of that kind of stuff um, in grad school. And do you recycle in space like human waste too? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, urine, not the okay. uh, other kind. Right. Um, they just throw that away for right now. They're, they're trying to figure out ways that they can use that in the future for, you know, longer duration space. We How should, that might have some utility. Yeah. Yeah. For, for like yeah. gardening or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Who knows? Yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> science is amazing, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then, after that, I worked, I interned at another company, and we were building a spaceship for NASA. And that was really cool because you, you got to be, that was human spaceflight. We had we were planning for astronauts, and we were going to take them up to the space station after, because after the space shuttle retired in 2011, we had no way to get American astronauts um, to the space station. We have to go to Russia and launch on Russian rockets. Um, and so NASA put together this program, and that was really cool to be involved in.
0: Wait, why was that? Why like, why did we have to go to Russia to do that? Yeah, so... Was it funding cuts, or...?
1: Well, it was kind of poor planning. Um, in 2000... Well, back when President Bush was president, he decided to retire the space shuttle and um, started a new program where we were going to go back to the moon. And so we were working on all these different technologies to go back to the moon. And then in 2009, when Obama came into office... He had this put together this independent commission and they said, you know, this program's gonna be way too much money. We can't do this right now. We need to turn over getting people to low Earth orbit, so right where the international space station's at, like kind of right above Earth. Right. Turn that over to commercial companies. And so that's kinda of hmm. when that all started. And then NASA, you do the, the harder stuff, the more deep space type okay. of stuff. And so that all, pro, all that stuff started in around 2009. And so we're now, we're just now kind of catching up. Okay. Interesting.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. So like that, uh, you know, that, that low earth orbit stuff, uh, turn it over to commercial companies. Is that where something like SpaceX comes in and like what Elon Musk is working on? And who's the other guy? Richard Branson.
1: Yeah. So a lot of these, uh, these new s- startups, I guess you could kind of ca- call them startups, but, uh. Right. It's, kind, it's of, kind of a weird thing to call a startup, right. but you're right. It's a rocket company pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So SpaceX, Some... they're, they're going to do, they launch just satellites without people on them. So for communications and different types of purposes. And then they also are, have a contract to launch humans. So it's like SpaceX and then Boeing is the other company that are launching humans here in the next few years wow
0: yeah it's it's weird to think that that's like a a potential commercial enterprise i mean that feels like we're living in the future at that point
1: yeah it's like the future is now almost kind of thing (laughs) And, and richard branson's company um they're launching humans as well but they're not going as high so they don't need like a huge rocket to be on so they have a kind of a different kind of design okay um so they're doing more suborbital it's called so they're not going into complete Earth orbit. I got gotcha. you. So they'll kind of go up and come back down.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So how does that change the, the ways in which
1: you do your job or does it? So the company I work at is kind of competitors with SpaceX right now. And gotcha. so the company I'm working at was a joint, um, merge between Boeing and Lockheed Martin. They each had their own rocket companies back mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. And the government said, you "No, know, there's not a big enough market to have two rocket companies. You guys need to merge together." And so they did, they formed that. And for a long time, they pretty, jokes on them now. Yeah, yeah. Right? For a long time, they had essentially a monopoly over the government launch market, where the government would, you know, they launched a lot. They launched a lot of like national security s- satellites, so stuff that it's classified that I don't even know what it is. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, it's really important stuff for the country, but um, they essentially had a monopoly on it, but now SpaceX comes along and it's kind of reopening the competition, which has been really good for, you know, the company I'm at, we're having a redo, redo, rethink a lot of things. Um, and I think it's good for the, the taxpayer too.
0: So. Well, sure. And I mean, anytime there's competition, you know, that, that makes you, that forces you to be creative right. and you get leaner and you get more interesting and you know, it's, it's energizing, exactly. right? Yep. And so, I mean, that's got to filter down to you. In terms of just even your day-to-day work, is that
1: accurate? Yeah, definitely. We're always there's all these initiatives now to you know innovate, make our process more lean, like you're saying. So yeah, I definitely agree with that.
0: I'm struck by something though, listening to you talk about this, and that is that we're on the verge of potential commercial space travel. Mm-hmm. You are at the cutting edge of that industry, and yet. You've still got your sidepreneur gig. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about working in this field that that sounds very interesting. Why start the side gig? Why start doing tutoring and coaching, which we'll we'll get into in more detail. But mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about the origin of that.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'd always like I said, I'd always been, you know, a relatively good student. <clears throat> i started tutoring, you know, kinda informally in freshman year of college, you know, just helping other friends out and stuff. Um, kind of kept that going all the way through undergrad. And then when I got into grad school, I kind of always had that little, the entrepreneur bug kind of thing. Like you wanted to start something. I thought of it as a form of like creativity, you know, being able to, you know, do something on your own, being in control of it. I tried a couple ideas that didn't really pan out and yeah. Like what I'm trying to make a blog and like, I like, I like writing, but I don't like, you know giving my opinion too much or being very opinionated about things. Um, and so the blog kind of format, you know, just a blog format wasn't for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you have a blog component to... Yeah, exactly. ...universal achievement.
1: But I try to stick to kind of the science and the facts and right. don't give too much of, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's more yeah. it's more presentational Yeah, rather than like... What you're describing is a lot of blogs that get popular are like super hot take oriented,
1: right? You know, right.
0: like where you're being almost intentionally provocative, right? Right, and and yours, um, I would say, after looking at it, you know, there there are some provocative things in there, some some ideas about the way exercise can help influence brain function, mm-hmm. for instance. But you, they're not presented in a way that's saying like, hey, you're wrong. It's just here's another way of thinking about it. And here's some science that I've read that backs this up.
1: Oh, I'm glad you you got that from that's kind of what I was going for. So I appreciate that. Well, you
0: yeah. uh, you conveyed it nicely. Yeah. You had these gigs. that didn't work out. but
1: Yeah. So uh, then I was kind of listening to all these entrepreneurial guys and reading books about different things. I had a lot of my own interests in terms of like health and nutrition and different things like that. And I was reading this book. Things called like the hundred dollar startup or something, and there's like a line in there that's like, you know, do something where you can c- use all of your passions in one kind of skill set or one kind of package together, and so hmm. that that's when a kind of a light bulb went off me, and I was like, oh, let's just combine all these other things that I've been reading about, um, and then I. Have been seeing all this research on, you know, helping brain development and helping kids to do better in school. Like I've been doing all this research, I was like, oh, maybe I can just like start make a program around this kind of idea. Yeah. And I had been working with a few students, and I started trying it out with on them, and they really liked it. Their parents really liked it because it helps them become more well well rounded and, um, you know, think about things a little bit differently they become less so concerned about why they don't seem to understand something in a certain way. And then we can kind of teach it to them in different ways. And so that was kind of how that started. And then, so I was working at that, it was a that company, the spaceship company um, in, in Louisville. And there was layoffs. We didn't get a NASA contract. And so I was unemployed for like four months. Right, And I used that time to pretty much launch everything. And so that was kind of a, a blessing in disguise. Sure. Um,
0: did you get a package?
1: No. I oh, that sucks. I was just an intern there. I was oh, still okay. in grad school too, or I had just finished grad school. And so I was, if they had gotten the contract, I was going to be working there full time, but okay. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a good learning experience.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's tough because I've talked to a number of people who've gone through layoffs. I did a whole laid off special on oh. one of my, uh, one of my episodes. I And that movie Up in the Air was just on, too. Like, I just saw that on TV. And it's so funny. When people get laid off, it is almost always, like, 90% of the people will come out better as a result of that. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, you know, everyone's looking to make the leap to do something that they want to do, right? And when you get laid off, it's almost like someone pushes you. And you go, okay, I don't have a choice now. Right. Uh I don't have anything else to do so I may as well try this thing that I really like cuz yeah, what the exactly. hell right It forces you to do it yeah So you took that time to launch but it sounds like you ended up going back and working in the industry like did did they get a contract later and you got rehired or what
1: No so I went to a different company after a few months um just because I wanted to I want to stay in the industry right now it's it's small enough I can still do it part time um, right And so I've got big plans, you know, for things I want to do, but that's the hard part is, you know, finding the time to actually execute them. So,
0: yeah, I know it well, but, uh, okay. So let's talk about, about your, your coaching and tutoring business Mm -hmm. in in more detail. It's, it's called universal achievement, right? Yes. And so you call it a holistic tutoring business. Mm -hmm. Explain what that is and explain the philosophy behind it.
1: Sure. So, the core portion of it is the school subject tutoring. So we go in and we do subject tutoring, test prep, you know, organization, study skills, different things like that. Um, but then we also incorporate basically three other outside areas into the sessions exercise, nutrition education, and positive psychology exercises. Right. So that's kind of the holistic piece where we're incorporating all those things. And the reason we do that is. There's so much, you know, research out there now that talk about the benefits of those three things on the way you think, um, how your brain function, how you process information, you know, how well you can remember stuff. That whole idea that a lot of, ki- especially kids, don't really start even thinking about until, you know, they're in their, their 20s or so. Um, so we try to get in there early, and a lot of the parents like that we're, we come with this approach so it it's helping them, you know, kids, even kids with like ADHD, it's helping them focus a little bit better, you know, they're de-stressing easier, um, right. they're more focus. So
0: So okay, let's let's do a hypothetical here. Mm-hmm. Let's say someone hires you because their son or daughter is not doing well in math class mm-hmm. or something, right? Right. And you show up and so you said there is, you know, subject matter tutoring, like there there are things that you can do to materially improve your math scores that are math related. Mm -hmm. Right. What would a typical session look like when you're talking about things like nutrition and exercise and, you know, positive psychology? So like, how would you structure a session like that?
1: Sure. So we like to do a short, like 10 minute workout with them right at the beginning of the session. Really? Yeah. So (laughs) we have that. I So I don't do all the tutoring myself. I train other tutors and how many do you have? You know, there it fluctuates by the year. Sure. Um, I have probably about like fifteen to twenty right now that I could call upon. I wow. feel I feel like I've had it at least like 60 or 70 that I've used in the past um, that I've had on the, on the roster. Not necessarily they've worked with students or not, but they've said, Hey, I want to be a tutor, but
0: and you vet them and like, and you go through all that. Yeah, exactly. And wow. And you've been at this since what is it? 13?
1: 2013. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So perfect. You do like a 10 minute workout to start and what does the workout look like?
1: So we do a, uh, it's called a high intensity interval training workout. So you do like short bursts of really intense movements for like 20, 20, 30 seconds. And then you take a break, um, for another 20, 30 seconds. And then you do that again. And when you incorporate that with some, uh, some like skill acquisition types of movements where they're having to kind of use their brain and think in space and everything. Um, that's what the researcher shows, you know, produces the mo- best benefit for your brain. It actually, one scientist calls it it releases a uh, miracle growth for the brain. So it sends like, <laughs> proteins up to your brain to let your brain cells make better connections and grow more brain cells. And so wow. that's kind of why we do that at the beginning.
0: So, okay. Mm-hmm. Give, give me an example of, of an exercise that, that incorporates or, or that facilitates that type of growth.
1: Yeah. So it can be, so we try to get their heart rate up. So we'll do like things like jump squats or, um, you know, I like to do, Maybe some like side to side movements, like rolling a ball back and forth. So they kind of have that hand eye coordination and stuff like that. We also like to tailor it. You know, if a student wants to get better at a certain sport or get better at a certain skill, we'll kind of tailor the workout to help them do that as well. Nice.
0: Okay. So, I mean, it, it. Is there any parallel to something like CrossFit?
1: Well, we're not using heavy weights. Or yeah, you're not doing like yeah. Olympic lifts. But yeah, it's it's body stuff. I don't. I've never done CrossFit, so neither have I. But <laughs> um,
0: it seems to come up on this show. Maybe I have some sort of, I you know, <laughs> uh, subconscious mm-hmm. fixation on it. But uh, when you're you know, when you're talking about functional skills and you know, coordination and you know, cross disciplinary. That's, that's why I'm struck by it. And, and when you watch people doing a CrossFit workout, when they're not doing awful looking pull ups, (laughs) um, you know, or jiggling a big rope or flipping a tire over or something, you know, a lot of it is sort of what you're describing, you know, doing, you know, shuttling back and forth, you know, tossing a medicine ball, something like
1: that. Yeah. I think it's similar ideas because I, I think CrossFit also is under, they want you to do a quick workout, work a lot of muscle groups at one time and kind of get out of there. So I think it's a similar idea. Okay.
0: Okay. So you do this workout. Uh, I'm assuming, do you cool down a little bit or do you just go right into it?
1: So then you kind of make the transition into the, the tutoring portion basically. So we, we ask them to have, you know, their table ready with all their supplies and everything. So you can kind of just jump into, into the session, maybe get a drink of water or something. Yeah. Um, and then, we recommend that they spend the next, you know, 45 minutes to an hour doing, you know, whatever school subject, test prep, study skills types of things they need. And we teach all of our tutors some different ways that they can, you know, help try different things with students depending on what they might need. The last few minutes of a session is where you get into kind of the nutrition and the positive psychology types of things. For the positive psychology, that's always a little bit. It's kind of softer. It's not so much making them do different things. Right. But when I first go talk with the family, I try to get a sense of, you know, what is this student really struggling with? It's not always just not understanding a concept. There's There might be something else underlying that. And so I try to get a good sense of that and then recommend some different things we do with the tutors. So. I like to have kids do a gratitude journal, you know, think about the, th- the, the good things that are going on in their life, Write Three good things about yourself and, or three good things that happened to you. And then one good thing about thinking that you think about yourself. So kind of positive uh, self-talk kind of thing. And then all throughout the session, we kind of teach the students that it's okay to fail. That's the learning process. Students get so frustrated when they don't get it right away and they think they're not smart. Right. Um, and so it's kind of maintaining that positive mindset throughout the session Sometimes we also do like, if they get really stressed out or have testing anxiety, we'll help them work, do some like positive mantras that they can repeat to do some breathing and stuff like that. So just different things. It's different for every student. We kind of tailor it.
0: Sure. I mean, um, that's coaching.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then the last piece is the nutrition. And I'll be honest, this is always the hardest one because um, you're going into someone's house and trying to tell them how to eat <laughs> is, it's always delicate because is food is You know, wrapped up in people's cultures and religions and and different things like that. And so what we really try to do is is teach eating nutrient-dense foods and then managing blood sugar levels throughout the day. Okay. Because that's going to keep kids focused and energized um, throughout the school day and then after school. And so we're working on different things to try to effectively communicate that better it has been just you know talking with the students we have them do a food journal just so they can kind of mm. see what they eat for a week
0: and uh, when right because exactly. i mean that's a big thing too mm-hmm. when people keep a food journal sometimes you miss that component of writing down when mm-hmm. because if you look at big gaps and it's like okay well when do you actually have math class oh it's here you haven't eaten anything, like right. in how long? Right. No wonder you're you're sort of slogging through, yeah. right?
1: You're t- you need to take a nap in the afternoon or something <laughs> yeah.
0: like that. So,
1: yeah, that kind of brings some awareness to it for them. But in the future, we want to do like videos or classes or, or something else that kind of makes it a little bit easier to kind of re- teach that stuff.
0: I got you. Mm-hmm. What has the reaction been to this holistic coaching approach with the people you've worked with?
1: really positive um it takes a little bit of explaining at first <laughs> to kind of like why do you do all that stuff but, for the uh,
0: students or the parents or uh, both, both. Yeah. yeah
1: so most for the most of the part the students really love the the workout part um and the po- positive psychology part they, they're 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 kind of jazzed to you know get home from school and do get a little bit of activity it, it makes you feel good so yeah sure Usually when the parents have contacted me, they've already done a little bit and they're like, oh yeah, I really like this approach. I think this would be good for my student. And so it kind of resonates with them.
0: Is it ever a barrier? um, And you touched on this a little bit, but does someone ever call you expecting, you know, like I'm hiring a tutor. My my son needs help with his Spanish. They peek in on you and, you know, you're doing burpees or something (laughs) in the basement. Are they ever like, what the hell am I
1: paying for? (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I, that's my job is I try to kind of convey the program up front to them. Sure. We do let, you know, I let them know all the, the kind of the whole program we offer. And if they're not interested in a portion of it, then we just don't do it. You know, if a kid's like playing sports already, but just needs help with math, you know, we're not going to make him do another workout when he gets home. Kind right. of thing. So we, we kind of tailor it to the needs of the family.
0: I got you. But you don't, you don't necessarily want to get too far off script because there's, there's challenges in that, in that if you're creating a wholly unique, I mean, that's what a coach does. You know, it tailors a program to the individual needs of whoever they're working with. But mm-hmm. if you just give it up wholesale, then, you know, you're reinventing the wheel every time, right? Mm-hmm. It, is that a challenge that you work to avoid or is that something that you have to manage?
1: Yeah, we have a. Uh, I would say it's like an 80% program that's, similar across most students. And then like the last 20% is the kind of the tailoring. Sure. Like we have a big exercise database for the coaches to use to, to have people do the workouts. And then, you know, the tutoring is, it's kind of the easiest part because it's, you know, just doing right. homework, study skills, stuff like that. And then the, yeah, the positive psychology and the, the nutrition is the more of the tailoring as well. So. Okay. How has this
0: program evolved when you started three years ago? Compared to now because I imagine it doesn't look now what it looked like when you started
1: yeah yeah really good question um, it's evolved a lot <laughs> to be <a> short answer <laughs> well sure um, I think that was one of the biggest things you know starting your own business you want to make sure it's perfect before you kind of put it out in the world <laughs> and so I got to a point you know based on you know different things I'd been listening to and reading is like you just got to put it out there and get feedback on it and then you can iterate. And so, like I said, I started it just working with some students I was working with, and it was kind of didn't really know the best way to format it or how to schedule it. and
0: you or know, how to it, in- bill it, right? Yeah,
1: how to bill it, yeah. Um, you know, what to teach and, and what kind of, you know, how to convey that information. So, yeah, it's evolved a lot over the last few years.
0: What would you say is the biggest thing that, that has evolved in that time?
1: I think it's actually the... The training of my, of the tutor site, so the thing that i is the biggest, well, the something, the biggest thing I've produced is like my tutor training. Okay. I and gotcha. so like, I have this huge presentation where I go, go sit down with the tutors and kind of walk them through the whole program and why we do it and kind of teach them yeah. um, so they can go coach and, and do that kind of thing. So, yeah.
0: The old train the trainer. Yeah, right? exactly. So what I'm curious about is how did it change? You know, yeah. did, was it that you developed this, this big piece that you could sit down with them? Or is it that you started with that and then moved away from it? Or like, how did it change?
1: Um, when I first started with them, we were probably doing too long of workouts. You know, that was taking up too much time of, you know, the time spent with the student, the nutrition was a lot of just like overload of information <laughs> to them that they're not going to retain or be able to apply. And so I, I kind of t- tweaked that a little bit. The core of, of it was the same. I got you, but you know, just kind of it, just building it, you know, more workouts, more different strategies, more helpful things to provide more blog content, you know, different things like that.
0: Right. And incorporating feedback from the previous sessions. Yeah. That exactly. always helps. Once you do a few of them, You go, oh, that works better. That doesn't work as much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say, you know, in the next few months, this really takes off. Like this concept just blows up and everyone's like, God, this is like, this is the ultimate sort of coaching and tutoring program that I could use for my kids. And you become wildly successful at it. In terms of that, what would that look like to you? Like, what is your ultimate vision for success for it?
1: Oh, good question. Um, I've I've kind of had a, a couple of different ideas about this, but we so we do a sliding scale, so we change the rate depending on the income of the family. Mm. Um, and so I'd like to do, you know, have a portion of it where we it's kind of like a nonprofit portion where we can go to like we can after school programs and different right. things like that. So that'd be really great to to get to a point um, where that is possible with also you know, having it still be the day job kind of thing as mm-hmm. well. And like bringing in enough money for, for basic needs and everything. But, um, yeah, I'd like to get to a point where like, you know, I can work at it full time, I yeah. guess, and whatever that looks like be able to go have lunch with my wife during the day <laughs> and different things like that. So, yeah. How
0: close are you to having to make a decision about where you're going to dedicate your time? Because, there comes a point where you can't do both, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Where you can't be an aerospace engineer and work your, your sidepreneur gig. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at one point, it you finally go, "Oh my god, this is too much," mm-hmm. and I'm I'm grinding myself into dust mm-hmm. as a result of this. How close are you to that point?
1: Probably not that close. Okay. Um, it's still pretty small. the The hardest thing for me is is the marketing piece, and it right now it's just word of mouth type of stuff i've thought about that and i was if it comes to a point where it's you know getting big i feel like i would you know start hiring you know someone to kind of manage the day-to-day yeah um portion of it and kind of just control the the direction of it i would say i would probably say a couple couple years off you know i'm enjoying the process of just having something to work on on the side yeah um, helping people get better in school feel better about themselves and so We'll see where it goes. Yeah. One of the things
0: that is remarkable to me listening to this, Jake, is that when most people are doing some sort of side gig, you know, you have what sounds like a very fun, very rewarding, and very challenging sort of standard 40 hour a week day, 40 to 50 hour a week day job. But most people, you know, are doing something on the side that is a little bit more indulgent, you know, or a little bit more for the ego or that kind of thing. I mean, certainly with me. I started my first website because I liked to write. I thought I was funny and I thought people <laughs> would, <laughs> you know, people would like to read Is it. Is that the wrestling one? Um, no, that's funny. Um, because the way I actually started writing on the internet, and this episode, you know, this episode isn't about me. I can tell you more about this later, but <laughs> I started writing about pro wrestling in 2000. And so I'd been writing online for like eight years. Before I started, like before I felt confident enough to start my own gig, okay. and I knew like what I wanted the voice to be and the subject matter and that kind of thing, and our particular view of the world. But I did that largely, sort of because a I thought I had something to offer to people, and you know it's not it's not a fully selfish pursuit mm-hmm. because I could write all day in my basement and no one would ever read it, and that would be purely for me. But what you're doing is in terms of a tutoring business, and you know with this aim of success towards. You know the nonprofit world, and you know helping folks who maybe can't afford tutoring and coaching. There's a very philanthropic bent to what you do, which is is very striking because it's it's I would call it a little bit atypical of a side gig.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, I don't think it started out that way. Um, I think it's me. It has been me maturing and learning from other people about what makes them happy in life and hmm. helping others is really what makes you happy. And so, um, I think that it kind of evolved over time towards that. And especially, you know, my wife and learning from her and her parents and all the different things and uh, that they do, um, it's they're both her, her dad and her stepmom are pastors. And so, wow, it's been a big influence as well. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's really cool that you recognize that because it, it can take time to realize like, wow, like focusing all the energy inward is not making me happy. Let's, let's spread it outward. Let's see what I can give. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of it, that's kind of what this show is about. It's like I want to hear about people's stories. And if you can get something from listening to one of these episodes that you wouldn't get otherwise, you know, that's that's ultimately success, and which is why I'm uncomfortable talking Uh, I do solo apps sometimes and I'm like, like this just, this feels like too much. Those are tough. Yeah. 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 It's no joke. All right. So tell me what's, uh, what's next for, uh, for universal achievement.
1: So I think my, my wife is going to start helping out a little bit with it. She's going to start going part-time with her job so she can kind of help out a little bit with an aside. We'll have a little bit more uh, bandwidth there. We want to do like an online class version of it. So nice. people, can, you know, it's more accessible to not just people in Colorado. Um, all, you know, the internet's a huge form for entrepreneurs nowadays. You can just put stuff up there and people will buy it. Oh, the you know, barriers to entry are right. so low. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you want to, if you want to be a space startup, <laughs> barriers to entry a little <laughs> exactly. higher, but, uh, you know, in terms of like in, in online advice or
1: anything. Yeah, but, that's right.
0: Uh-huh. Um, you know, if you're doing online based coaching, then yeah, it, doesn't cost, but uh, but a
1: pittance mm-hmm, exactly. Which what is are your website fees and <laughs> yeah, things like that. So. Buy some
0: hosting and uh, right. you know minimal sort of infrastructure. But yeah, expanding beyond Colorado, that's got to be it's got to be exciting.
1: Yeah, we I also have been working on like a franchise kind of package where if someone else wants to kind of buy in and get all the materials and we do all the training for them to kind of teach them how to do the business. Um, wow, that's another idea. I've been thinking about not really sure how to implement that yet, but <laughs> I think that's a whole new other legal thing. You got to figure out to do a franchise, but
0: that, yeah, that, that can be tough. I mean, I'll tell you when I went to your website, it, uh, it looks really good. Oh, it, thanks. It, it looks, it looks professional the way it looks. Um, I would guess that this is your primary gig. Oh, cool. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: Makes, yeah. The, just like the program, like the website's just been tinkering for years. Uh, yeah. Adding stuff, taking stuff down Making a video, different things like that, <laughs> yeah, that animated video is pretty cute yeah there's so many cool things available for small business entrepreneurs today today, like the videos or just the marketing types of things you can do online and so it's you, know, you and you pretty much you want to do anything you google it and there's some company out there that has made some software to help you do it easier,
0: or there's like a crazy YouTube video that'll help, like uh, my right click. On my uh, on my mouse, like wasn't bringing up the menu that I need to create a new folder, and so I'm like, okay, right click and I typed that, and it auto-filled for me, and it took me to a YouTube video and showed me how to fix it.
1: Are you serious? I go, no. we live in an amazing <laughs> what a time. Great right time, right time now. to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: okay, <clears throat> last question. Yeah. So you listen to a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts. Sounds like you've read a number of books. Um, this is a driving factor for you mm. this this sort of entrepreneurship my question to you is if there's someone out there listening thinking about starting their own gig whatever it is whether it's coaching whether it's a blog whatever they're looking to do what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for setting them up for success
1: just realize that everyone kind of starts out in the same place and it might seem like it sometimes, but there's not really that many overnight successes. It's just people putting the hours, you know, iterating on their their things, getting feedback, putting it out there first. You know, don't be afraid to. That was really hard for me to put it out there and be judged, kind of, <laughs> of, of what you're producing and what your thoughts are on things. And so, try to get over that, and then just constantly keep at it. If you if you're really interested in it and and you want to, you know, do a long term thing. Once it's out there, it's gonna, it'll build if if it's worth, you know, people wanting it.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's really great advice. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, and this is the this is metaphor I use: get out in the backyard, put your shovel in the ground, and turn over the dirt. Yeah, like it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, keeping your head down and keeping at it. You're absolutely right. Everyone who's you know an overnight success is like, yeah, ten year overnight success. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of sweat equity. I remember I was at a point with this podcast where i'm like i what am i doing like i'm dedicating so much time and it takes time to edit these episodes and book guests and write the blog posts and put it out there and I, on and on and on i came up with all these reasons not to do it mm-hmm. and then just like out of the sky the denver post called and they wanted to talk to me about it oh really and i'm like whoa okay where did this come from apparently i am like doing something right yeah and it was shocking
1: so people and, will see the value eventually and yeah. You know, it'll keep going.
0: Yeah. yeah. Again, if what you're doing is worthwhile, but mm-hmm. yeah, don't give up, keep at it. It's mm-hmm. great advice. All right, Jake, now's the time in the show where we do plugs. Where can we find more about, um, universal achievement and, uh, point people to whatever, yeah. whatever you'd like, wherever they can find you.
1: Oh, cool. Um, so our website is U a com. You can go there and we do free consultations. So you can kind of call me and we can talk about different things that we could do to help your student. We have Facebook and Twitter at UA underscore tutoring is our Twitter. There's a a Facebook page as well. Uh, My personal Twitter is Jake underscore Gamsky, but I mostly just tweet about space and Green Bay Packers football (laughs) stuff on that one. I, I point people
0: to the John of all trades Twitter and it's mostly me retweeting weird Twitter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: it's it's just stuff that I personally find amusing.
1: Yeah, my personal one, I don't actually tweet them much, just retweet stuff. <laughs> yeah. too, so. But yeah.
0: uh that's excellent. Uh, what I'll do is I will link to all of that on the companion blog piece. You can find that at john of all trades J O N of all trades.us. Jake, this was uh this was a delight. This was an enormous pleasure. And uh thank you to Kelly for hooking us up. And you know what? Continued success to you, man.
1: I appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me.
0: And that brings this coaching session to an end with Jake Gamsky. Big thanks to him for taking the time out of his day. He's working two jobs. I mean, how many people do you know that are working two jobs? It's more than you might imagine. I'm shocked by that every time I hear it, although I was doing the same thing for a long time, so maybe not that shocked. Check out John of All Trades on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Pinterest, all under the same handle, J-O-H-Pod. also like to give some love to our sponsor, 4Degrees, the number 4, D E. G R E. E S. dot E-S. They are your source for reaching people online. No matter what kind of campaign you're running, whether it's a product, whether it's a candidate, whether it's some other thing that I can't even think of off the top of my head as I record this, they will help you do it. They will get you on the networks where you need to be seen. They will do it for a cost that is incredibly attractive and do it with professional savvy, just unparalleled in this world. I have nothing but the best things to say about 4Degrees. So check them out. Number four, D-E-G-R-E E-S. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deaf Communications, Denver-based training, content, and engagement. We're on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. As I told you, I'm off next week, so we'll see you in two weeks with a brand new episode. Facebook's the only place to get official previews, so like us there, J-O-A-T pod. And until then, say goodnight, Gracie.